0: Praise the Lord, hallelujah, what a good God we serve, amen, praise, I said what a good God we serve, amen, praise the Lord. Well, glory to God, we have, uh, what a year, huh, a lot going on, and we have, uh, since the beginning of the year uh, on our Sunday services, have uh, talked about the Father, um, our Heavenly Father, and talked about... um, really everything from being God-centered, talked about His presence, His person, His will, His love. We talked about uh, the, His house, right, and the importance of the house. We kind of started building on this, and it, it, changed, it shifted a little bit during that time. We started talking about the importance of the house. We started talking about the importance of coming together as a family and letting God grow us up. Amen. And so we took uh, took some time aside of, of some of the stuff we were, uh, you know, heading towards, and we just kind of felt in our heart to basically, bottom line, just give some pastoral messages of just maturing and growing up in the Lord. Amen? And so every every week for the last several weeks, we've been uh, just kind of uh, addressing certain things. Last week, uh, Miss Trudy uh, spoke. She talked about maturing in him, and she talked about seven different things that the Lord uh, spoke to her uh, everything from endurance to uh, uh, avoiding fear, uh, you know, avoiding uh, being judgmental. Come on, right? Uh, talked about uh, praising God, talked about seeing the eternal value in things. Amen. Uh, which I think even talked to one of us about uh, being a disciple of the Lord and just what it means. And uh, so she, I think she had seven different things she talked about. Today I have three. thought maybe some would be encouraged by that, but amen. Today I have three. Amen. Now uh, I got uh, a lot to say on each one of them, but uh, and I do know this that every one of them I'm going to talk about today, Amen are things that we could spend a whole service on, uh, probably a whole series on. and actually to be honest, I think I have spent a whole series on every one of the subjects today. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Today I'm going to talk about keeping our head right. Our heart right and our mouth right. How many of you recall me making those comments once in a while? Amen. Uh, to me, it's something the Spirit of God uh, years ago began to talk to me about, and it just—it's one of those things, um, just in everyday living, dealing with ups and downs, ins and outs, just things that go on. Uh, just, uh, just kind of a simple little thing the Spirit of God talked to me about. He said, just, just uh, it, it, things work better when you keep your head right, your heart right, and your mouth right. Amen. And so those are just some real keys. Uh, your head right, of course, talking about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, your thoughts, your thought life and the importance of maintaining a, a godly thought life. Uh, the heart, of course, in, uh, talking about, in a sense, it's the, the core, the center. But really it's talking about, uh, in a sense, the uh, seat of control or your, uh, the will of man or the character of man comes out of that. So we're going to talk some about, about maintaining a God character. Amen, and what that means about some things, you know, keeping your intentions right, and uh, then talking about our mouth, and of course, our words. How many you know that's important? Sometimes, you know, you can have everything else going along, but you got your mouth going in the wrong direction, and you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Come on, somebody. So we're going to talk about that, in all honesty, they kind of flow together. So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let me get to it, I guess I went to the wrong one here, there we go. Verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we walk in this natural realm, we do not war according to the flesh or according to this natural realm. How many agree with that? It's real easy with everything that goes on. A lot of stuff, you just assume, handle it in the flesh. Maybe I'm the only one dealing with that. I guess, I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that goes on and sometimes we think it would just be better to handle it in the flesh, get it taken care of, repent later. Okay, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, how many know we're called to do things by the Spirit? Amen. Live by the Spirit and not according to the flesh, praise God. It goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare. So there is a warfare and there are weapons, but they're not carnal. It's not not some natural fleshly thing, but it's mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? And that just means that which has been fortified. Okay? Something built. Okay? of course, it's talking about uh, mental strongholds here. It goes on, verse 5, casting down arguments... Okay, the word arguments here is just dealing with uh, reasonings, imaginations, all that kind of stuff, all that stuff that tries to war with your head, casting down arguments and every high thing, okay, things that, uh, opinions, things like that, that try to exalt itself above or against the knowledge of God or the ways of God or the thoughts of God. Now, how many know your head sometimes can give you fits? Am I right? All right. So it goes on to say bringing, here we go, sums it up, bringing every thought into captivity now if he said to bring every thought into captivity it must mean that we could come on now now you know as well as I do there's some days I don't want to do that and there's probably some days you don't want to do that but we're called to bring every thought into captivity that means under obedience praise God it goes on to say praise God into captivity and it literally that word captivity uh, uh, brings to bring it under control every thought under control, to the obedience of Christ. And then verse six, let's go ahead and read that. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And all that means is you gotta stay with it. And when you make the decision to to take authority over your thought life, praise God. How many know it's not just a one-time thing? Amen. When you made a decision, I'm going to get my thought life in, in order. That no matter what, what's going on for the day, no matter what's happening, no matter what's uh, you know, going on around us in our households, our families, our church, our health, we can go on and on and on, our finance, whatever it is. We might, you know, our minds want to run down some road and, uh, you know, give us fits. But we made a decision, I'm going to keep my head right. Praise God. I'm going to keep my thoughts right. I'm gonna take every thought captive. Praise God! And you did that today. And praise the Lord. You get the uh, the gold star. You get the smiley face. You get the pat on the back because you did uh, you did the right thing. You did things un- under uh, with obedience. Praise God to the Word. But how many know? Uh, tomorrow you gotta do it all over again. And you gotta be ready. It says to punish. When, see, when your mind tries to still race down them other roads, you've got to be ready to punish that, take authority again over that thought, deal with that thought, bring it back into subjection, bring it back into authority or under authority, bring it back into captivity, praise God. It's something we have to do every day. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. But you have to do that. That stuff has to happen. And so I've learned over the years that it's necessary. Even though there's all kinds of things that go on to try to get your head to race down some other road, you have to to stop once in a while and say, you know what? I choose to put my thoughts on things above. Amen. I choose to think on what God has to say about stuff. Even though right now the news might be saying one other thing, or, or right now uh, you know, the the, uh, the way things are looking don't look right, or what somebody else said may not sound right. But we have the purpose in our heart, amen, to take authority over our thoughts and not let our mind get away from us. Oh, hallelujah. So the first and foremost thing is bringing every thought to. Into captivity. See, if you don't bring every thought into captivity, I guarantee you they will take you into captivity. Because that's where it ends up going. Romans 8, please. Hallelujah. Always have something in Romans 8. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, verse 5. Uh, for those maybe watching our uh, midweek services that we put online, praise God, we touched on some of this even in the last uh, about two weeks back or three weeks back or whatever it was. But verse five says this: For though we live according to the flesh, uh, or pardon me. For those who live according to the flesh, there we go. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit, obviously, they set their minds on the things of the spirit. Amen. Everybody, set your say. Set your mind. Now, the word to set the mind means to literally to exercise, entertain, or interest the mind. Okay, it means to aim or to set the affection. Upon, So you determine where you're going to set your mind. That's what's being implied here. If you're going to live according uh, to the Spirit, then you're going to have to set your mind on things of the Spirit. And the thing implied here is this, that if we don't set our mind on things above or things of the Spirit, you're going to live a whole different way because you live according to your most predominant thoughts. That's why you have to take authority over your thoughts because it's inevitable. See, in fact, in chapter 7 of Romans, it brings out uh, the law of the mind it talks about, that where you set your mind determines a direction, okay, where you're going to live. It starts aiming you down a road. And of course, you get on here in chapter 8 again, in verse uh, 6 now, it says, for to be carnally minded or naturally or fleshly minded is death. In other words, that's where it ends up, ruin, destruction, so in other words, if you don't take your thoughts captive, they'll take you captive. See, it puts you on a road. See, setting your mind on right things is key for a believer. It's really key for anybody. But uh, you know, if you're not a believer, you know you don't you don't know what else to set your mind on. But as a believer, amen, we have things of the spirit of a higher realm that we can set our attention on. We don't trust the natural things. We trust in God. We put our faith and our confidence in an almighty God. Amen. A God, amen, who loves you. A God who's paid a price for you. Amen. Now, you think about that. If there's anything you could set your mind on, that ought to be something to set your mind on. A price has been paid. Amen. I, you, know, you know, he didn't do all that just to turn around, you know, and let you fall through the cracks. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? But see, it's going to be up to you and me about where we set our minds. That's that's yours. That's your deal concerning you, and it's my deal concerning me. Even as a pastor, I can't let my, my thoughts get the best of me. I can't let my mind go down some other road. I can't I can't allow myself uh, to, uh, you know, think down a carnal realm, think carnally, because it, it just, even as a pastor, see, I, no one's exempt from this. It doesn't even matter if you're in ministry. In fact, to be honest about it, you're probably going to see more attack. Just saying. But the point is this, okay? Nobody's exempt from this. We all have to guard where we set our mind. We all have to, amen, take every thought captive. If that thought is tearing you up, it's time to think a different thought. If that thought is taking you down a stressful life, it's time to think a a different thought. Come on, somebody. And it's about a thought life. You could try to change everything in the natural realm, and that's not what changes it. you got to change your thought. You could change everything in the natural realm and still have a mind set on carnal things. Are you with me? Amen. We have to set our mind on higher things. Amen. Praise God. As one's thoughts go so goes one's life. And that's what he's bringing out here. For to be carnally minded is death, but praise the Lord, to be spiritually minded, amen, a life, a mind set on higher things is life and, here we go, peace, right? Now, life and peace, Zoe, uh, Zoe life, absolute life. So in other words, if we will set our mind on higher things, it automatically puts you on a roadway of life and peace. Zoe life, The word peace here, Irene, which is uh, the the sister word to shalom of of the Hebrew, amen, which just means wholeness, completeness, praise God, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything working, divine order in the place of chaos. That's what that word peace means. So if we will just start setting our mind on higher things, we will take authority over our thought life, that's a good start. It puts you on a road of life and peace. It didn't mean everything turned around exactly at that moment. What it means is, praise God, you're taking authority, amen, of a thought life that now puts you on a different road. It aims you in a different direction. And if you will continue to take authority over your thought life, it automatically puts you on that road of life and peace. Amen. But that's where it starts. Are you with me? Listen, nobody, especially, you know, we've said this many times from behind this, this pulpit. Nobody is, is telling you that what's going on around you isn't happening. Somehow or another, but you know, when you preach a message of faith, everybody uh, somehow thinks that you think that, you know, we're, we'll go around saying this is not happening, this is not happening, this is not happening, this is not happening, which is not the way it works. We know things are going on. We understand what's happening. But it starts with you and me setting our mind on things above, giving God something to work with. Are you with me? Amen. So to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And then it says this in verse 7, because the carnal mind, in other words, a mind that's constantly attaching itself to the carnal life or the fleshly life or natural things, it says it's enmity against God. That just means it wars with God. See, the thing is this, you you might say, well, all this is going on. Yes, but you've got to set your mind on higher things because when you just allow your mind to run rampant with everything that's going on in this natural realm, it fights with God. God's trying to do something, and it fights with God. Enmity literally means to fight with. So God's trying to do something. You're sitting here fighting with Him. Now, how many know that's a losing battle? I mean, there's no sense you're wasting your energy and, and time and, uh, you know, fighting against God. So all God's saying is, you know, take authority over that thought life. Don't let your mind go down that. Somebody says, well, what do I do? Well, how about get the Word in front of you? Amen. Trudy talked about some things last week about, you know, rejoicing and uh, amen, about, you know, just where you set your mind. It's, it's amazing when you just set your mind in a different place on higher things, how all of a sudden peace starts coming on the scene. Philippians 4 brings that out real clear, man. When you, amen, it's a, all of a sudden the peace of God shows up. Amen. Well, that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. So it brings out here that it's it's war, it wars with God, or is that in enmity against God? And it said, for it is not. In other words, what is not? The carnal mind. A mind that's attaching itself to natural things only. It says, it is not subject to. Okay, it won't, it can't yield to the law of God or the principles or the ways of God. That's what it's talking about, nor indeed can be. That's a pretty serious statement. Somebody says, Well, you, you don't understand, Pastor. No, 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 listen, listen. You don't understand. That if you just let your mind go down that road, see, it's fighting with God, and you're not gonna hook up to what God has for you. You're gonna, you're gonna somehow be exempt some things that God has laid out out there for you. Come on now. Nor indeed can be. And somewhere along the line, we got to say, you know what? If God says set your mind on higher things, if God says take authority over my thought life, if God says cast down, you know, vain imaginations, come on somebody, cast down those arguments, cast down those things that try to exalt itself above his ways, his word, his thoughts, come on somebody. God has thoughts for you to have. And so he says, if you will just attach your thinking to this, now I have something to work with. Now you're on a road of life and peace. Now whatever it is that's that's plaguing you, whatever it is that's haunting you, whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that's trying to hold you under, now you're giving God room to do something. And I'll guarantee a part of it is God can start giving you a new thought about how to handle this, how to pray about this, how to deal with this. Sometimes the only thing that changes everything is just get your mind, come on, your mind off carnality or the carnal way of thinking. Now, when I say carnality, I'm not just talking about improper living. I'm not just talking about some ungodly lifestyle. There's no doubt that that, that somehow plugs in here, but that is not... Primarily what he's talking about in Romans 8. Romans 8, is talking about you either, either go by the God way of doing things or by the world's way of doing things. Now, you have to set your mind on the God way of doing things in order to have the God way of doing things to manifest on your behalf. We can go back, we can keep backing up into Romans, amen, and I guarantee it starts talking about who you are as a child of God, that He's paid a price for you. But if you're constantly caught up with everything that holds you under, then even though, even though He's made a way, it can't manifest itself because you're too busy holding yourself under by your own thoughts. And that's a sad deal. And there's a lot of folks, and it happens, I get it, I was there one time myself. You just beat yourself up constantly because that's just your way of thinking, because that's what you you grew up with, or how you, you know, your thought process for, uh, for a lot of years of your life, that's what you did. And so what happens, it keeps you under, even though a price was paid for you. How many know you're the righteousness of God? What does that mean? You're in right standing with Him based on what he did, not based on what you did. had nothing to do with what you did. The most you could claim about anything about righteousness is the fact that you just said yes, and that could be argued. I'm serious, because even by the Scripture, it says the Spirit of God is the one that drew you anyway. Are you Anybody hear me? So you stop and you think about this. Okay, a price was paid to bring you in a place where you have always have access unto the Father. But if, you, if your thoughts ain't, ain't, won't accept that, won't connect to that, then you're constantly still trying to earn your way unto God, still trying to get God to accept you, still trying to get God to love you more. When He ain't going to love you anymore than He does now. You, ain't, you, aren't, you couldn't get yourself any more accepted than you are right now. But see, if you don't set your mind on how He views things and sees things, then you're going to constantly fight with Him every time He's trying to do something. And that's just a way of thinking. So everybody say, get your head right. That's a big part of it. you got to get your head right. Praise God. Amen. Uh, let's look at a couple. Just throw them up here real quick. It just says this in Isaiah 26, that you will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. That's, that's, that's even in the old covenant you got a promise of that. Because why? Because you trust in Him. Now, did anybody trust in the Lord? I think, you know, pastor's not upset, right? Some of you look at me, well, are you sure? No, I'm not upset. I just think sometimes what happens, we forget the simplicity of how he designed it. Just set your mind on higher things. Now, you know as well as I do, it doesn't take long when you put your mind on something else. It can make you depressed in a heartbeat. It can make you mad in a heartbeat. It can make you upset. It can get you sad. It can get you, uh, you know, depressed just based on what you set a mind. And you can set your mind on a thought that can do that, come on now, in a matter of seconds. You can drive by, look up to a billboard, and something make you upset. And you, I mean, you, you didn't even get, you know, another mile down the road, and you're all mad because of something you saw on a billboard or a bumper sticker. There's a few of them I want to rip off. Amen. But the point is this. Is see you see, you can let your mind go, and just in a matter of seconds, you can shift from being happy to being upset. Now, think about this. If you just put your mind on things above, amen, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. You put your mind on Him. All of a sudden, the peace of God comes on the scene. Praise God. Stress leaves. Anxiety leaves. Anger leaves. Amen. Come on, somebody. Depression leaves. Sadness leaves. Praise God. Why? Because you made a decision just to set your mind on things above. Why? Because I trust in Him. Hallelujah. I ain't going to trust in all this natural stuff. Come on now. I'm going to trust in God. Whoo! Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. To set your mind again means to aim or to set your affections upon. Praise God. when it says set your mind on things above, it means that which is upward. Amen. On the top, higher thoughts, spirit things, God things, God thoughts. Come on now. Can you come up with a God thought or two? Come on now, you can do that, amen. So when when your mind wants to run down some other road, come on now, you just set your mind on things above, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You got a purpose to win in the war for your mind, amen, in the fight for your attention, what you give your attention to. Now, again, this is your pastor talking about how God, amen, has spoke to him over the years. Amen. That if you got to keep your head right, you got to keep your heart right, you got to keep your mouth right. And I'll, I cannot tell you how many times that rings in my in my spirit. No matter what we're dealing with, what we're I got to keep my head right, I got to keep my heart right, and I got to keep my mouth right. There isn't any day in there that he goes, "Ah, don't worry about your mouth." Or don't worry about your thought life here today. It's okay. It's justifiable. It's understandable. You go ahead and keep thinking those things. I don't get away with that. And probably, all honesty, you probably don't either. Now, we might ignore him. We might, you know, override it with some other things. But in all honesty, no matter what you're going through, this works with every area of your life. I don't care if you're dealing with health, finance, marriage, family. We can go on and on and on. Amen. If you will keep your head right. Amen. In other words, no matter what's happening, my mind is going to be stayed on higher things, praise God. If God says I'm the healed, then bless God, I'm the healed. If God said, praise God, amen, he, he's my provider. He'll meet all my needs according to his riches and glory, then bless God, I'll set my mind on that. Are you with me? Amen. So you got a purpose to set your mind on higher things, praise God. Amen. If you set your mind on higher things, guess what? It puts you on the road to life and peace. You set your mind on lower things, it's a road to death and ruin. If you set your mind on things above, you, you connect with higher reasoning, your decision-making gets even better. That's a whole other sermon, but I'm telling you, all of a sudden you're able to make proper decisions. If your mind is set on lower things, then you're based on all kinds of pressure, all kinds of anxiety, and guess what? You don't make real good decisions in those kind of things. You might be hasty about things, or you might delay when you should be on the ball. You might just it just it just messes up all the decision making. So I'm trying to tell you there's all kinds of ways by just setting your mind on things above, how it begins to put you on a road of life and peace. All of a sudden, the peace of God manifests. Can I hear a big amen? Look at your neighbor and say, get your head right. Praise God. Amen. All right. So get your head right. Get your heart right. Let's look at at this. Let's go to, um, let's do this. I know I kind of skipped some. Let's go down to Proverbs. We're going to skip some verses here. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, please. Proverbs chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Proverbs 4.20. All right. My son, give attention to my words. And this word talks about something that's been said. Okay. Incline your ear to my sayings, which means something that, that is being said. But that was kind of interesting, something Trudy had said today at uh, offering time. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about, you know, giving your attention to things that have already been said and things that He is saying. Because God is talking. He is talking. Amen. He wants to lead you. Amen. Do not let them, verse 21, do not let them, what things? Do not let them. What's the them? The words that He said. Amen. The sayings that He's saying right at the moment. Praise God. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Everybody say, in your heart. For they are life, in other words, those things that He says, His words, praise God, they are life to those who find them, and health, one translation even, even it brings up, when you look up that word health, it means medicine. So health or medicine to all your flesh, all their flesh. The point is this, if you get the right words, it can even affect your physical body. Am I right? Okay, it goes on then. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. Everybody say the issues of life. Uh, if you look it up, it means outgoings or sources. Even uses the word boundary, uh, but it's just talking about it determines what kind of life you're going to live. The uh, different translations. I think it's the passion uses it. Uh, says a wellspring of life is what comes out. Um, the Moffat uh, translation says that you live and prosper out of out of that heart. What springs out of your heart there. New Living Translation says it determines the course of life. Amen. Now again, the word heart means core, or center. Uh, it, it refers to um, the the seat of control. In fact, one of your definitions, one of your translation, or not translation, but one of your concordances will bring out. It's called the seat of control. In other words, everything comes out of the heart. In this particular verse, it says the issues of life, everything about life, everything around you comes out of the heart of an individual, out of your core. Okay? Are you still with me? Now, there's several other verses in this. In fact, uh, um, let's see, do I bring up these or not? Uh, Let's go ahead. Mark 7, let's go ahead and read a couple of these real quick. Mark 7, verse 21 to 23 says this, for from within, out of the heart of men, this is what Jesus said, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, verse 22, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, uh, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride. and this is a wonderful verse? This ain't your refrigerator verse, is it? Anyway, pride, foolishness, verse 23. He says, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. So Jesus brings out that all this yuck even comes out of the heart of men. Now, it's not a fun verse, but it just, just letting it be known what Jesus is trying to bring across. The good, the bad, and the ugly all come out of the heart of man how you live, the issues of life. Everything comes out of the heart of man, the good, the bad, the ugly. Come on now. In uh, uh, the Gospel of, of John 7, it says this, that even out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, of course, in context, it's talking about the, the Holy Ghost, praise God. But you notice it's still out of the heart of a man. So that's obviously something good. Come on. The Scripture also brings out in Matthew 12 that out of the abundance of the heart, or out of that heart, a mouth speaks. Now, the point I'm trying to make is everything comes out of the heart of man, your core, your center. See, it deals with your character, your will. Everything's based on the seat. It's the seat of control. Everything comes out of the core. So what goes in the core comes out the core. Still with me? Amen. In fact, let's go to Matthew 12. Let's go to Matthew 12. Amen. Let's look at this. Matthew 12. Are you doing okay today? All right. Get your heart right. Amen. Got to get your head right. Got to get your heart right. Got to get your mouth right. Amen. So Matthew 12, please. This is Jesus talking again. He says, either verse 33, either make the tree good. Now you notice it's up to you and me. Either make the tree good and its fruit good. So in other words, if it's a good tree, it brings forth good fruit. That makes sense. I mean, we know that. Or make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So it's a bad tree. It's got a bad fruit. Good tree, it's gonna have good fruit. But it says it's gonna be up to you whether you do that. Now, of course, in context, he's talking to a bunch of Pharisees, and he said this, "Brood of vipers." So I thought I better clarify that. He's not talking to you. He's talking to some Pharisees who are saying one thing out their mouth and living another. He's he's telling him, listen, you're going to, in order to have some good fruit, you're going to have to, you're going to have to change the root. You're going to have to change the tree. The tree's wrong. And as a result, it bears a certain fruit. Come on. So he says, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now what's in there, see, comes out. You know, somebody says, well, I have a praise in my heart. Well, that's wonderful. Amen. But if you have a praise in there, it should be coming out. Come on, right? See, everything comes out of the heart. Jesus said the good, the bad, and the ugly. All comes out of the heart of man. See, and it's all going to be based on what you feed it. Now, it goes back again. This is why the head, the heart, the mouth, they all flow together because what you feed, what you constantly think on and meditate on is making deposits. It says a good man out of the good treasure, that word treasure, is the word deposit. A good man out of the good deposit of his heart brings forth good things. In other words, what you put in is what comes out. An evil man out of the evil deposit brings forth evil things. What you put in comes out. You meditate on those, those things and you constantly think on that. You constantly, amen, your, your feet on, you know, whatever it is. Come on, eventually it's gonna come out. Okay, Mm-hmm. let's look at this. Hallelujah. Chapter, uh, put Proverbs 20, I'm going to come back to this, but Pro, uh, Proverbs 23, 7, put that one up real quick. Did I give you that one or not? I think I did. Now, you ever heard this? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, right? And of course, it's talking about in context about a miser, okay? But the point is this. We've all heard that before. As a man thinks, uh, and it literally says in his heart, so is He, so He becomes, so He exists. Now, the word think here literally means to be a gatekeeper, to open the door, to open a gate to. So what He's saying is this, okay, what you constantly open your gate to, what you let in the heart is going to determine how you exist. It determines. Now, in context, talking about an individual that, it, that doesn't live so good, but they constantly have a way of that they everything they open up to, and as a result of it, come on, it just that's how they live. Now, see, I'm just just saying something here because a lot of times over the years, we look at an individual, people we love, and we're not not trying to uh, be hard on anybody, but they'll say, well, you know, I know they do this. I know they do that. I know they do this. I know they talk this. I know they do this, but they have a good heart. No, they don't. They might have the potential to have a good heart. Come on, somebody. And we're not denying that God can do something in their life but see if they constantly feed on certain things it gets a certain it, that's what comes out are you with me or are you already shut me down now we're not condemning anybody we're just saying listen sometimes we we have to understand that if if that's what goes in that's what comes out amen now the cool thing about this and I don't think I gave him this verse but I was thinking about you know David made a comment in Psalm 51 he says created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, Praise ye the Lord. Sometimes, you know, that that that's a that's a, a great verse because even if we think, you know, man, I my, my heart ain't in the right place, praise God, I can stop and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Help me turn this thing around. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Create literally means to make something from nothing. Just it's, it's, it's the same word, like used when in the beginning he, what he created, amen. He you know spoke things into it and it created something, manifested something, amen. So created me a clean heart. If you recall, David uh, didn't uh, didn't have his heart in the right place. Got got rebuked. Got you know the word of the Lord came to him. He recognized you know he's guilty. And uh, he immediately turns, repents unto the Lord, and then his song uh, of his psalm, you know, this song of repentance. He's saying, "Lord, created me, change me, make me, make me the way I should be." Praise God! Turn this thing around. Praise God! I don't want to be the guy I was. I want to be something different. So somebody say, "Praise the Lord!" Get your head right, and get your heart right. You know as well as I do, there are times. Man, your, your, your heart, your uh, you know, your intentions, your uh, your desires may not be where they need to be. Has anybody ever had that happen? Don't raise your hand. Come on, we've all been there. We've all had times where maybe our heart wasn't in the right place. And maybe because we were thinking on things we shouldn't have been thinking on or, or, or meditating or focusing on things we shouldn't have been focused on. But I'll tell you what, we can turn that thing around. Amen. And just sometimes just recognizing you know, when the Spirit of God talks to me about these things, he just says, listen, keep your head right, get your thoughts in the right place, get your heart right. Come on. Get it on the right things here. Amen. You're 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 heading down a road. You got no business being on. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have the issues that are gonna be bad issues. The issues of life. Come on, right? You can make a decision, saying, "Let's turn this thing around." One of those things is just by starting to say, "Lord, create in me a clean heart." Hallelujah! That's a huge one, right? Are you still with me? Okay, go back to uh, go back to uh, Matthew 12 again. Hallelujah! Oh, glory! So get your head right, get your heart right. Then it says this in Matthew 12 and verse, let's say, verse uh, 36 now. Put that up there, if you will. I know I kind of cut you in the middle of that. Put verse 36 in up there. And it says this, But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. So we're talking about, you know, he's talking about in context about a heart based on deposits that go in determines how you're going to live. All right? And this text, it says how you're going to talk. So if somebody says, well, you know, my words are wrong. Well, let's change them. Amen. Now, God can help you with a lot of this, praise the Lord. I I needed a lot of help when this thing started, uh, when I began to find the importance of of right words. I needed some help. Anybody else relate with that? I need some help because my vocab, wasn't all that great. My words, huh? A lot of, lot of, lot of different words in there, didn't I? They all started with the wrong letter. And um, anyway, anyway, so I had a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of vocab that was really in, in dire need of some serious help. And uh, so I needed help, and God can help you. We're gonna, we're gonna look at that here. But the first and foremost, you have to recognize that. It goes back again to the deposits. If all you're going to think about is this, if all you're going to meditate on is that, if all you're going to uh, constantly listen to is 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 that instead of instead of you know putting your head on on the on his ways, his thoughts. Come on, somebody. Then what happens is it's inevitable that even if you try to change everything in your vocab, it's hard to get a handle on it if you're not changing the deposits. I went and wrote a check and they didn't it didn't work. I don't know. I don't know. Just using this as an example. Somebody's looking at it. Oh, Pastor. No. You, you know, it's it's you can go write a check on something and they say, I'm sorry, um, that didn't go through. Well, I don't understand. I have a check blank. I mean, I I wrote it. Let me look at that check. I wrote it all outright, one million dollars. I don't understand. I had the check blank. I had the pen. I had I wrote it outright. I think I spelled everything right. I don't understand. Why won't this go through? Well, sir, there's nothing in that account. Well, that's your that's your problem not Mine. No, that's my problem. Why? Because no deposits. Come on, right? So a lot of times we're sitting there trying to change our words and still making wrong deposits. So I'm just saying, okay, so you, somewhere along the line here, it still goes back to this thing. What are you going to think on? What are you going to meditate on? What are you going to set your attention on? Because it affects your head, it affects your heart, and it definitely affects your mouth. Are you still with me? You know, the Word is pretty clear. Uh, You know that the Word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. All that, when the Word comes in, it starts changing things. Thoughts, intents. Come on, so your heart's even changing. And as we see in this text, praise God, your words begin to change. Come on now, now we we don't just we're not just talking about you know cussing. How about doubt and unbelief? Come on, how about disbelief? Anybody hearing me, huh? Distrust. All this comes, see, all you see. what you sit and you think on, you think God ain't ever, God won't, God doesn't, how come God why, God, why not God, how come, blah, 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 blah. You sit and you think all that stuff, and then what comes out your mouth is, it never works for me, it never happens for me. And the whole time you're hearing the preacher man saying, this will work, it will happen, it will go, amen. You go, amen, and then you walk out and say, but it never works for me, it never happens for me, it never does. Now you tell me, what. what's going to work? Is it what I'm saying to you or what you're saying? It's what you're saying that's going to work for you. So what, see, it comes down to this. What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on? What are you drawing from? How do you view yourself even? we, I mean, I'm just down a hundred roads here, okay? The Word is very clear about who you are as a child of God. More than a conqueror, world overcomer, right? Come on, forgiven. Come on, right? Chosen, accepted. We can go on and on and on. That all lays out your identity that the Word of God says about you. His thoughts are to you are thoughts of peace and not of not of evil to give you a future and a hope, which means you do have a future and a hope if you connect to his thoughts. Right, that's his thought towards you. But if you don't connect your thought to his thoughts, you'll be turning around saying, oh, "I ain't got no future. I ain't got no, uh, you know, nothing's going to work out for me. Nothing ever happens good for me." Now, what's going to manifest? See, you got to get your head right, you got to get your heart right, and you got to get your mouth right. All right. So it talks about in here, amen. About, amen. Words are what's going to justify you, or in other words, are literally going to make things work. Words are going to be the ones that that condemn you, that basically make things go bad. Are you still with me? Okay. Now it even talks about giving an account of it. Now, I got some different opinions about some of that, but uh, that's fine, but the bottom line is he puts a high price on words. Still with me? And I'll just leave it at that. Amen. When I'm teaching on this in more in depth, I'll, I'll go through all that and define it all. But the bottom line is this. He puts a high value on words, on the words you say, just like he puts a high value on the thoughts you think. Amen. Let's look at a few references. Just put them up on the board, if you will. Matthew 15 and verse 11. Jesus made it real clear. It's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out your mouth. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, life, death. It's it's what comes out your mouth that determines what you're going to partake of. Still with me? See, this is serious business. That's why when he says, get your head right, Get your heart right. Get your mouth right. Man, when he first started talking to me, I found the first thing I need to do is just shut up. Shut up. Don't talk. This is just a pastoral message. Sometimes, amen, you just practice the ministry of silence. It'll do you better than what you're about to say. Are you still with me? Get your head right. Get your heart right. Get your mouth right. Don't let your mouth go down that road because it manifests. Why? Because you're a creative being. You're designed in his class. You're part of his family. Amen. Of a kingdom of light. Amen. You're a creative being made in his image after his likeness. When you start saying all kinds of junk, and that's what manifests, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. James 5, or James 3, and I, I want to say verse 5, it might be verse 6, actually. It is verse 6. It says that the tongue can defile the whole body and literally will set on fire the course of nature. And of course, this in context talking about a tongue that's set on fire by hell. Whew! In other words, your own tongue can really hurt you. You may know what I'm talking about. But see, it goes back again. No matter how you look at this, it still goes back. What are we thinking on? What are we meditating on? What kind of deposits are we letting in in the thoughts? Amen. Are we taking captive? captive every thought or are we just letting our mind think on what it wants to think on and now it's making deposits even into the heart that now begins to determine how you live everything comes out of this heart and it's inevitable that's what's going to come out your mouth and then it, then it's like it starts even now it's magnified because you will believe what you say more than what even God says. So if you're sitting here bad-mouthing yourself, saying it never happened, never works for me, who do you think you're going to believe? And for whatever it's worth, this might be a whole nother message, but see, it's about faith. And see, sometimes in those statements, we believe it. So if you now See, you've now initiated your faith. See, that creative force now is engaged because you're sitting here bad yourself because you truly believe that about you. And all it does is snowballs. It gets worse, gets worse, gets worse. So in those kind of moments, it's a good time just to hush until you can say the right words. Now, as I said early on, I had some help with this. Amen. Hallelujah. Me and Trudy had this little pact in the beginning. And I said, Trudy, help me with this. And she agreed. And uh and I agreed to help her. Didn't seem like I ever needed to say anything to her, but she always had something to say to me. And we, you know, years ago heard a statement. Somebody said, uh, you know, when when they made that statement, they'd say, Well, if that's what you believe, I'm in agreement with you. And it went, whoa, whoa, wait, breaks, hold it. All of a sudden, see it shows you the importance of it. So if you do you want somebody to agree with that? I've even done that with praying for people. Come on, somebody saying, Do you really want me to agree with that? Come on now. See, what do you you want? What do you want agreement in? So if you want to sit here and 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 knock yourself down and cut yourself to shreds and beat yourself up, come on now. You really want everybody else to get in agreement with that? Where two agree is touching anything, it shall be given. And how about get this, that doesn't say just on the good things. See, we think the only time that works is when I pray something good. No, it works in everything. Where two agree is touching anything, it shall be given. So don't get in agreement with that mess. And if you don't want nobody in agreement with that mess, then don't say that mess. Okay, hallelujah. Whoo! Proverbs 21, verse 23 says this. Amen. In fact, put that up there real quick. It says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue, amen, just to make, make you know clear, we're talking about the mouth, the tongue, right? See, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. The mouth, what goes in the mouth, amen, probably what comes out the mouth is what defiles you. Come on now, it's the, the mouth and the tongue. He just, I love it. He puts them both together there. The message translation in this says, watch your words and hold your tongue and save yourself a lot of grief. The Passion Translation says, watch your words and be careful what you say and you'll be surprised how few troubles you have. And I've said this many times, and I thought it fits here too, is this, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. See, if you want, if you want a higher way of living, if you want the blessing, then talk the blessing. Don't talk the curse. The word says, say unto that mountain, be thou removed or be thou cast in the sea. That's what you say in the mountain. You don't go around telling everybody about your mountain. Given guided mountain tours. Come on, right? Now listen, we're not denying the fact that you have a mountain in your life. All that means is that which towers over you. That's what it means. So you don't talk the problem. You talk the promise. But if you're not feeding on the promise, you're probably going to talk the problem. So in order to take authority over that mountain, you're going to have to feed on the right stuff, the promises. Come on, concerning that. And that text uh, out of uh, Mark 11, it's real clear. You say to that mountain, be thou removed. So if you want the thing gone, you have to tell the thing to be gone. If you want it removed, you don't keep talking about it. See, if you want the dog, call the dog. But how many know there's help? Somebody says, praise the Lord. Psalms 141 and 3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. <laughs> Keep watch over the doors of my lips. But now listen, you got, okay, when you're asking God to set a guard, okay, now when you got to be willing to listen, then when he talks to you, and that's what I'm saying. See, when he started talking to me, he says, Get your head right, get your heart right, get your mouth right. When he starts talking about that, there's a reason. You know, when God says, Get your mouth right to me, it's not that he's, you know, you know he just had this whim of a thought. When he's telling me, you know, watch your words, then there's a reason he's telling me to watch my words, because obviously they're off. So what what did he do? He set a guard over my mouth. He put a watch over my lips. And then he began to talk to me when my mouth went the wrong direction. But see, I have to be willing to follow that. Are you still with me? But if I don't, I keep ignoring every time he talks to me. Pretty soon he'll just be quiet. He'll just be quiet, you know, because, you know, you ask to put a guard over your mouth, well, then He'll do that for you, all right, but you got to be willing to follow when He leads you. Here's another text, Job 6 and verse 24 and 25, he said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Now, this is what Job said to one of his friends that was calling him on the carpet about some things he was saying. And he says, cause me to understand where I've I've erred. Okay, this is Job talking. Verse 25, how forceful are right words. But then he goes on, he says, but what does your arguing prove? And and then it goes on. And what it was was, okay, he's saying, listen, I know you're, you're telling me my words are off, and I agree with you, my words are off. But leave me alone. I got problems. Life stinks right now. That's what he's saying. He's saying, well, you know why are you bring this up to me? I mean leave me alone. Can't you see the hell I'm going through? Leave me alone. I'm justified in my words. No, you're not. Because if you keep talking it, it ain't going to change. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you're struggling with that, you talk to the Lord about helping you with that, but then you've got to also purpose to feed on the right stuff to keep this thing going in the right direction. Look at your neighbor and say, get your head right, get your heart right, and get your mouth right. Amen. One last reference I'm going to turn to, 1 Timothy 6, and we'll let you go. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12 here. It says this, fight the good fight of faith. Ever say, a good fight? Good fight's one you win, but you notice it's a fight of faith. It says, lay hold onto eternal life. That literally just means that quality of life you're called to. Lay hold of what's yours, and it says, to which you are also called. In other words, that that equality, or probably that eternal life you're called to. Now, remember, eternal life, Jesus said, began when you made Jesus Lord of your life, not when you get to heaven. Eternal life, that's what you're all called right now to lay hold of right now. Okay, to which you're also called and have, here we go, confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That means, that means all the time you talk the right thing. The word confession here or confessed is the word homos logia, which means same word or covenant acknowledgement. Okay, so it says you talk the word. You talk what God says. He says if you want to win your fight, whatever it is you're dealing with, see if it's a fight of faith means there's obviously a fight. There's a fight. You're, you're under a fight right now. You you got to you got you need to win something right. You need to get a notch on the belt. You need to get that thing turned around. You need to turn that thing around. You need to get this right. Get that right. Get this thing right. It's a fight. But part of your fight is get your mouth right. The word talks about through the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, which is not just talking about a born again experience. It's the whole full meal deal. Whatever it is you're in need of. You need healing in your body, you got to talk healing. If you want a breakthrough, you got to talk breakthrough. If you want deliverance, you got to talk deliverance. If you want your marriage to work, you got to talk marriage working things. You want your kids to turn around. You got to talk kid Turn around things. Not that stinking blah, 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 And think it's all going to be different. Man, we got through it. I didn't know if we would. But see, if I said we're going to do this again next week, you probably might have came back. Got to get your head right. Got to get your heart right. And you got to get your mouth right. Amen. Hallelujah. The word says that he who orders his conduct or literally means conversation aright, I will show him the salvation of God. Get the words right. Praise God. Get your head right. Get your heart right. Get your mouth right. Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. Come on, somebody. Thanks for listening.